0: I'm Dr. Lara Devkin. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to welcome Sweats in the City to today's episode of Beauty Bosses so you guys are one of my favorite instagram accounts and can you tell us a little bit about yourselves
1: thank you so much we're so excited to be on here yes uh we are the co-founders of sweats in the city i'm elizabeth my partner dale is on here and essentially we run an instagram account blog and now fitness and self-care app kind of all centered around the ways that we take care of ourselves. Um, health, wellness, beauty, all the things.
0: What made you guys start this whole idea of Sweats in the City?
2: Well, it's almost been six years now, which is crazy. And we started it because Elizabeth and I got randomly set up as roommates through mutual friend um, quite a few years ago. And At that time, we were, we really started getting into boutique fitness. We were leaving, you know, we were currently at our gyms and we wanted to start exploring the boutique fitness scene with the launch of ClassPass. And it was really an exciting time. We were exploring all these new studios. And at the end of every day, Elizabeth and I would come home from work and we would discuss the classes we took that day. Um, And we were like, you know, we wish there was a platform out there, an account, a blog that would discuss these studios. So we knew like, what was the? What are the good classes? Where we should spend our time? Like the inside scoop. So we decided to go out there and create it ourselves.
0: And did you start with a blog, like a traditional internet blog, or did you start with Instagram, or what? What was your platform?
1: Yeah, like, it would, version. it's so funny to think because when we started, blogging was like the thing. And sometimes when people ask me what I do, I still say I'm a blogger, and they're like, "Do people still do that?" And I'm like, "No, not really." <laughs> Um, so it was a blog, but it was also an Instagram, but our style has definitely changed a lot. Um, you know, obviously short form content is kind of the, the way now, but it was like, it wasn't really about us. It was more about the studios. And so we would post like pictures of a workout studio in Flatiron and pictures of a workout studio on the Upper East Side. And that was kind of like our whole thing. So it's just interesting to see how our work and Instagram and all these platforms have kind of evolved over the years.
0: Do you find now that people want to know more about you guys and that, of course, people care about fitness and wellness and self-care, but have you found that with the era of Instagram and social media, it's more about who you are and your likes and dislikes and your personalities and that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, definitely. So when we first started, we were just posting photos of us at studios or of the studio. And quickly, we learned that people were more interested in what we were doing with our lives and they were, they really wanted to know like what we were eating, what we were wearing, what our relationship status was. And it kind of turned into this almost like personal diary where we kind of shared everything about ourselves. And I think that's the way that people feel connected to creators and you know, you're consuming their content. So you want to get to know who they are. And um, it's a really interesting age of social media. I mean, the age of social media because we we're connected to each other and we get to we get the inside scoop on people's lives that are not our friends that we personally know
0: yeah it's really interesting because you guys have kind of gone from authority to influencer but what you typically see in social media is people going the other direction, like an influencer gets prominent and becomes an authority. And I kind of like that you guys did it the other way around because you started very pure and like pretty, pretty simple, pretty, pretty pure evaluating workout classes and studios. It was really fitness focused, self-care focused. And, um, and then after developing and, kind of creating some authority in this space, people started to want to know more about you. And I think that that if you think about it, there are a lot of influencers now. Everyone's an influencer. I was reading that there are millions of people with a million Instagram followers. So, you know, literally everybody's famous now. But, um, but I think it's actually really cool that you started from a position of authority being kind of experts on this space and really learning your field. Yeah,
1: that's an interesting way to think about it. I've never really put it into that context, but I do think that like none of kind of our Instagram trajectory has been necessarily intentional. Like we've always kind of just gone with what we feel like is adding the most value for other people. Like that used to be going to studios and reviewing them. And then it was kind of like more into our personal lives and then COVID happened. And we were like, we just need to keep these people moving and happy. Like, so it's kind of like it always evolves. And I think as long as we stick to that and also what feels like really genuine to us and just easily
0: flows, then it doesn't really feel like work, you know? Is there any part about being on social media that you guys find difficult?
1: I think that for me, I mean, It was interesting because in the beginning, like when we first started sharing more personal things, like if we were going through a breakup or some sort of like, you know, illness or something like that, for me, it was really nice to see how receptive people were to that and how like, they just felt like they were my friends, you know, like a bunch of hype girls hyping you up. That's always the best thing. But I do think that for me, especially with relationship stuff and sharing that I've had to kind of like learn over the years, what that boundary looks like. Um, so I don't really talk about personal details of my relationships anymore on social media. Um, and people are extremely perceptive. So like I was dating someone last summer and we broke up and people knew immediately. I mean, I didn't say anything. I wasn't acting any different. I don't think, but they were like, when is Elizabeth going to talk about her breakup? And it's just, that for me is a little bit hard to navigate because I want to tell all, but I also have to be respectful of myself and the people that I'm bringing into my life. So. It's all about like kind of finding that sweet spot and those putting up those boundaries where you need to, I think.
0: Wait, how did they know?
1: I think because like they saw where I was working out. Like, I mean, you know, it wasn't like I was never at his place. So they they were like they were on that. So it just made me very aware of how aware they were. Um, but that's kind of, you know, we put ourselves out there. It's
0: part of the deal, right? It's so interesting. Yeah. How about you, Dale? What do you think is the... Kind of the strangest part about being on social media,
2: yeah. or the most difficult part. I'm like with Elizabeth, um, partially because my husband isn't the most like camera. He doesn't like to be in front of the camera, so I don't really share, and I have to be mindful of like what what he wants me to share, or like you know the personal details, and our whereabouts and things like that. So, but for me, I guess it's been it's been pretty not as difficult to navigate. Um, But I think for me, one thing that really is hard is, you know, the weeks that maybe I feel uninspired or feel, you know, not creative or maybe feel down to be pushing out content. And when I'm in a good mood and I'm like really, you know, creative and in my groove, I'm like, pushing out the content, but it's really hard to force that. And it's not like we can just stay behind our desk and like email all day. And for me, I'm just like, Oh, like, when am I going to get back in this like groove again, where I can just push out content. And sometimes I just got to let myself be for a minute. And then I know I'll be fresh when I come back to it.
0: Yeah. And people might not realize this, but you guys actually don't live in the same place. You live on opposite coasts, right? How does that work navigating one business with two co co-founders, co-partners who live so far apart?
1: I think it happened at the perfect time. Because of COVID, our business really changed into a virtual model. I mean, obviously with Instagram, it always was, but a lot of our content was, you know, going to these studios and reviewing them. And when people kind of lost interest in that and it became no longer safe for a period of time, we moved to having all of our workouts on our app and, and you know, created this space for it to live virtually. And so because of that, it's actually pretty easy for us to be on different coasts. Like with the time zone differences, it works out pretty nicely because we can each fill different like live class time slots. And also obviously LA has an immense market for this kind of work and wellness and health. So um, it's really been kind of great and we both get to travel and see each other. So it's fun too.
2: That's true. And I completely agree with what Elizabeth said, and you know, since we went virtual, now a lot of our business model is recommendations and class hosting. So having that LA and New York coverage is pretty amazing. Um, I think if you know we lived in two small suburb towns, that might be a little harder, but because there is so much coverage that we've um, created, it's it's been pretty it's been pretty expansive, I would say.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Do you ever feel that it can be difficult with business getting in the way of your friendship? Honestly, no. But I think we have a really unique
1: business relationship and friendship. Like Dale said we were roommates first, and I think one of I don't think everyone can go into business with their best friend or roommate. Um I think that it's a very specific kind of relationship that you have to have. And for us, that was like living together, living on top of each other in a Murray Hill one bedroom turned into a two bedroom, never fighting, never having any issues. And that has kind of spread into our friendship and business partnership, like very seamlessly.
2: Um, yeah, sorry, Dale, were you about to say something? No, I couldn't agree more. And I feel like, you know, when you have the same goal, business, friendship wise, like we're both on this like path together. And we both, we, we both want to win and succeed and help each other get there. And I think one of the most amazing parts of being, you know, in this with your best friend and someone you can wholeheartedly trust is especially when one of us is down or not sure about something, we have the other to kind of help and balance each other out. And it's been this like great yin yang and, um, it's been amazing.
0: What's, um, what is the background of your new app? Because you guys, aside from the social accounts, now have the Oro app. Um, what, how does that work and what is that like?
1: Yeah, so we created Oro as kind of a product of COVID and people welcoming virtual workouts in a different way. And it all kind of began when we started posting this live workout schedule into basically like a bootleg spreadsheet during COVID. And people were so receptive to it. You know, there were there were all these instructors who were creating their own methods because they no longer had studios and sharing these free Instagram live workouts and things like that. So we were really just consolidating that for people organically. and And it ended up being a huge hit. And so we essentially evolved that into an iPhone and Android app, as well as a desktop website um, in January, which we were really excited about because it's basically us taking our passion and the work and sort of our bread and butter from the last six years, which is reviewing these studios and these self-care practices and things like that, and putting it all into one place. Um, So we're really excited about it. It feels good to have kind of turned a really tough time into something that, you know, can grow and thrive in this environment.
0: That actually was kind of leading right into one of my really important questions for you. Um, a lot of the entrepreneurs and artists and creators and business owners we've had on Beauty Bosses have gone through ups and downs on their entrepreneurial journeys. And one thing I wanted to ask you guys is, um, what is um, what is one of the biggest challenges you guys have faced? in the creation and running of Sweats in the City and is it you know what was that like did you ever feel like you were kind of at the brink of quitting and how did you solve it how did you get through it
2: yeah well definitely like most people um March 2020 shook our business like pretty much everyone else um but we were obviously very fortunate that You know, we didn't have any overhead, Um, but there was a very scary point when a lot of the brand deals that we've accounted into our income for the year and events just one by one, no, 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 cutting off and they're just canceling. So I think, you know, we had that initial bit of panic. And of course then we couldn't do our regular scheduled content, which was reviewing fitness studios. And I remember Elizabeth and I had this conversation and we were just like, you know what? Let's not attach ourselves to these brand deals and let's just try to show up for our community. Let's just only focus on our community right now and be exactly, we, we've got to be what there for them. And um, we have to do our best to support them. So that's kind of how this live schedule got started. And we really started just talking about how we're feeling during COVID and working out and just trying to be relatable. And obviously, you know, the rest of 2020 brought a lot of other challenges, especially on social media. And we still, you know, really tried our best to be like our community comes first, everything else comes second. And through that, I think it really helped us build where we are today. And um, we really tried to just let go of any control and, uh, predictions about what you know the future of sweats would be, so I I think that's probably was our biggest challenge.
1: Yeah, I even just like hearing you talk about that like just gives me such flashbacks of such dark times. Um, I I was personally like completely alone in my apartment during COVID in the city, and it was just between that and business and just being scared about everything. Like it was very heavy. I remember like chasing all of these brand partners of ours down because they were like defaulting on their invoices. And I was like, is this what? Is this how it ends? You know, like you can't help but have those thoughts. And I do think that going back to one of your other questions, like it is another reason why we're so lucky to have each other in this business, because it's very rare when both Dale and I are feeling negative about something to the same degree at the same time. So we kind of have that um, balance where like If I'm feeling really low about everything that's going on, Dale can kind of pull me out of it and vice versa.
0: Yeah, that's really cool because, you know, working with a friend or a confidant allows you to have somebody to share those experiences with and in the way that you don't really get to if you're, you know, kind of flying solo. So that's very cool. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to review some of the, data that Instagram collected about how the use of social media was affecting teenagers, specifically teenage girls. But I wanted to ask you guys your thoughts about that, because as young women, I know a large percentage of your audience is young women too. And um, and I think about this also because a large percent of my audience is women. Um, but this data showed that basically in short social media is bad for kids and it makes children and teenagers and even to some extent young adults unhappy and, and yet in even regular adults, um, but, um, um, But yet here we are, we all like really like it and it does add value to our lives. It keeps us connected, informs us, it educates us. And there is a sort of ick factor to it, right? Because it brings up these complicated feelings where you can feel fear of missing out or you can feel kind of envious or you want to, you know, be like someone or look like someone or have something that someone else has. And it's a highlight reel, et cetera. But I was just wondering if you guys have any thoughts about, you know, is social media doing more harm than good, or how do we, it's here to stay, right? There's an, a new app every day. Um, how do we make it better for ourselves and the next generation?
2: Yeah, um, that definitely makes sense. And I think we all know that social media can be a complete highlight reel. People only post when they're glammed up or when they have amazing news to share, like an engagement or a new baby. Um, So it can definitely uh, create feelings of isolation and depression, especially when we're caught comparing. And I think, you know, there's, with the good always comes the bad. And um, we definitely over the years more and more make a conscious effort to show the downtimes and us without makeup and no filters and um, talk about these hard situations we've been through. and, um, And for some people that might not be enough. And there could be some people who are really struggling and even seeing us working out and wearing nice clothes could be triggering for some people. And for that, I definitely think that people also need to reevaluate, hey, is just having social media in my life, is it doing more harm than good, because some people do need to work out, you know, what's internally affecting them before, that they, before they go out and receive a lot of information, or maybe they need a social media break. And I think, you know, that the younger generation, um, that's how they all are communicating. But I do think that more and more social media, what's gaining traction these days seems to be that real relatable content. And I think people are getting a little sick of the perfect feed and pictures. And I think, especially with TikTok, people are really expressing um, that need for the authenticity and realness. So I do think that it has been changing in that direction since we first started out in social media, it's made huge changes. So hopefully that that gets even more and we, we see what's, uh, what's to come with it.
0: Do you guys ever get nervous about being canceled. Like, do you think that your personal decisions should be up for public consumption? And, you know, this sort of, I saw this meme graphic of the life life cycle of an influencer that was like, you know, gets cool, posts funny memes, goes to Coachella, bad decisions resurface, gets canceled, you know? And what do you guys think about that? And do you think that that is how it should be? Or do you think that people hold influencers and content creators to an unfair standard?
1: So kind of going back to like the 2020 vibes that we were talking about, this was a big part of our struggle was this constant debilitating fear of saying or doing the wrong thing. Um, and it really affected us and we were lucky to have each other to bounce things off of, but it kind of took away a little bit of our sparkle in a sense, in my opinion, by how, um, PC is the wrong word, but like we were trying so hard to do and say all the right things that we sort of like lost ourselves in it a little bit. And so we've been kind of trying to work since then to get our personalities back into it and get more comfortable in front of the the camera and what not, not just like in front of the camera, but in what we're saying and what we're feeling and, you know, being able to be decisive on big topics and being comfortable and okay with that. Um, I think that cancel culture has spiraled completely out of control. That's not to say that I don't think that if someone has done something horrible that they should be, shouldn't be held accountable. But I do think that there was this, you know, a bunch of people at home, bored, fearful, you know, unhappy. And it kind of spiraled into this craze of finding reasons to bring people down. Um, Maybe things that were way in the past, or maybe things that were in the present that that other people were doing themselves, they just didn't have a following. So no one was obsessing over it. Um, So I think that to me, it's, it's a really scary culture. And yeah, it's definitely something that we think about and talk about, but we are definitely trying to be, you know, a little bit more free in the way that we go about social media because it was such like a scarring time period that obviously is still going on, but it's it's a little bit less intense now than it was then.
0: Yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that um, just because you're a public figure? your, all your opinions are kind of up for grabs because I wonder about this. It's, it's a lot of pressure, I think, for young influencers and young content creators. I mean, I think it's very cool. And I think that because there are so many different kinds of content creators out there, it's amazing to have people able to architect their own like palette of, it's almost like, you know, being at a buffet, it's a marketplace of ideas. You can kind of, this is, this is what I, who's who, this is who I like for books. And this is who I like for movies. And this is who I like for fitness. And this is who I like for this or that. And you can, you can have your whole personality, but on the flip side, um, I sometimes worry about what it must be like to put yourself under the microscope in that way, because it's not totally healthy to have every single personal decision you make in your own life up for public dissection and consumption. And I guess you guys spoke to this a little bit about keeping your personal boundaries, but you know, opinions on every single political topic, your feelings on every debate that's currently happening, you know, every person you've ever crossed paths with at every school you've ever been to. And, you know, it's sort of, it all becomes up for grabs at a certain point. And I don't know if that is good or bad, but it, it's a lot. It feels like a lot to me. And I sometimes worry about the mental health of content creators. Um And even though I have a big social following uh, more and more, I try to keep it really in my lane. Like just, just, just the facts, just the surgery, you know? (laughs) um, But anyway, what do you guys think about that?
2: Yeah, I totally hear you and you, and you, you totally get it. Um, I think, you know, as a, when you're a public Figure when you're public, you definitely do have a responsibility to be careful what you say and do. I, I think that there is this heightened sense of responsibility, and I think actually anyone who is on the internet has to be careful what they say or do. They don't. They never know if a future job or college application will be affected. So I think we all know that the internet is a scary place, and we have to censor ourselves a bit. Um, but I will say that you know social media has made influencers any influencer regardless of what their niche may be, responsible for speaking on a host of different topics that they might not feel comfortable or knowledgeable enough to speak about. So for example, I'm gonna get into a little bit of politics. Um, you know in when a lot of uh, a lot of political stuff was happening we were we felt very pressured to speak about it and like I'm a Canadian, I don't even, can't even vote in this country, but people were angry that I wasn't telling people. And I just feel like at this point, I was like, you know what, a lot of them wanted us to address political things and things going on. And I don't feel, I don't feel comfortable being your resource for politics, for fitness and for wellness. I would love to be that person, but I feel like there's so many amazing knowledgeable accounts out there that if you wanna find opinionated conversation on that topic, I highly encourage people to look to these accounts for information. And if if we don't feel comfortable putting something out on the internet, there could be a reason why. And we do just try to stay with within our niche or what we're feeling comfortable sharing. Just like Elizabeth said, like she shouldn't have to share her relationships just because people want to know. Yeah,
1: I totally agree. And I love what you said about staying in your lane because I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily fair that there's an expectation that influencers should be versed on all of these different topics. Of course if there's something that they are personally linked to or passionate about like have at it. But for us and this might be an unpopular opinion to the majority but like we've just kind of steered clear of political topics, major events, things like that because it's not what we created our account for. And like Dale said, there are plenty of other accounts for that. Of course, if there's something we're passionate about, we will absolutely mention it, but it's kind of something that we're not trying to feed into on our social media account personally.
2: Yeah. And to go off what Elizabeth said, one more thing is that even if we address one topic, people will get, and we, you know, entertain that one topic then it then we're responsible for talking about every other topic or why we didn't share give attention to certain topics so sometimes the more we shared the more responsible we felt and it wasn't just that one post that we were talking about it was you know we, we if we didn't speak about one group we had to speak about the other and we would get attacked for not speaking up about certain things so I think we have just steered cleared of it because We don't want to feel responsible for every single topic that surfaces on the internet.
0: What are your long-term goals for Sweats in the City? Where do you see it going?
1: So it's interesting because I feel like we haven't been asked this question in a while. And normally my answer is to create some sort of like we were saying for a long time, we wanted a subscription service of some kind. We didn't know what it was going to be. And now we have that. Um, So I really think for me, it's growing that app and subscription service and also expanding it into other categories. Um, We recently launched a food branch called Nourish. that's a part of Oro, our app, Um, but we are expanding into some other areas. We can't quite say yet what they are. And we're just hoping to kind of like continue that growth, that momentum and, Um, you know, just have the Oro brand be something really big.
0: Well, that's so amazing. And then the last question I have for you guys is, you know, my podcast is called Beauty Bosses and beauty obviously means many different things to different people. And, you know, you can define it narrowly or broadly or philosophically, but I just wanted to ask you guys what the idea of beauty means to you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I think beauty has been told has been fed to us that you have to, in order to be beautiful, you have to look a certain way. And I really think that beauty has always come from our unique traits and what make us individually us and um, embracing, you know, who we are and what makes us unique is really the most amazing form of beauty. And I think that's what makes everyone beautiful.
1: Yeah. I would define it as glowing from within because a lot of the people that I view as like the most beautiful aren't like such textbook beauty. It's more just that they have this energy and this glow and this vibe about them that is so like magnetic. And, um, I think that's really what it's all about.
0: Well, thank you so much. Can you tell everyone who's listening where to find you guys? Yes,
1: you guys can find us at Sweats in the City and at Oro App on Instagram um, and also on our website, sweatsandcity.com or
0: www.oroapp.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Bye.